0: Welcome everybody to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Chris Rickey. I'm also the city council person for the city of Modesto in District Three. My co-host is Jim Applegate, but Jim can't be with us this week because he is on sabbatical, but I'm very lucky today I have my guest. He's the president of the Modesto Police Officers Association, Daniel Starr. Welcome Daniel, how you doing man? Hey, thanks. I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. So you're you're not just the president of the uh, Modesto Police Officers Association. You're also a police officer.
1: I am. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a sergeant, actually. So I uh, currently supervise our traffic unit. Uh, so I'm one of the lucky ones out there that gets to ride a motorcycle around the city and enforce the uh, traffic laws and try to make people drive safer. How's that working out? Uh it's uh, it's going. <laughs> there's always there, there's certainly uh, room for improvement there for sure. Right on. How long have you been um, on Modesto PD? Uh, about 17 years, 17 years, uh, I think next month. Wow, that's that's a long time. And how's the city changed since you started? Oh, man. So it, it's gone by fast. It is a long time, but it's gone by fast. So the city has changed uh, in several ways and it has remained the same in in many as well. I think the biggest way that it has changed from a, from a police officer perspective is that our, our calls for service uh, from our perspective appear to have gone up. And then uh, our staffing has definitely, definitely declined. Uh, I, I know every day our police officers see that, feel that, right? And I'm pretty sure our citizens do as well. So I think that that is the, the biggest change in that 17 years that I have seen. I think it's around 100 and 110 to 120 officers fewer that we have today than we, than we had when I started 17 years ago.
0: Yeah, you know who else feels that? Citizens. I was going to say city council people. Oh, when, yeah. When, <laughs> when the citizens are calling all the time, saying like, hey, what are you guys doing over there? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think everyone. I think everyone who has a, a stake in this feels it right. uh, and, and wants to wants to fix it some way. So, so clearly, we
0: need more cops, right? We need more cops. Um, Absolutely.
1: So why don't we just hire more cops? I mean, that that's the easy answer, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the that's the clear answer. <laughs> but uh, there's there's several things that hinder that. Um, one is um, the, the more recent uh, issue hindering that is is some of the the national, what I call rhetoric around law enforcement, the the bashing of law enforcement. Uh, and so we have a, a smaller national, we have a smaller candidate pool and a smaller pool of those individuals even interested or even considering law enforcement. So our, our numbers are dwindling uh, and every agency has a shortfall of personnel and everyone's fighting for the same people. So that's one issue. But the bigger issue, the bigger Medeso issue is the budget. The city, the uh, city has a tough time uh, financially supporting uh, their officers. And what I mean by that is they have a tough time of being able to expand the budget in order to be able to hire police officers. Uh, police officers are expensive as they absolutely should be. Uh, within reason, but uh, they're expensive and uh, the city has a revenue issue, they have an industry issue, they have a, a tax issue. Um, and so there's multiple reasons that go into this financial, but the overall financial uh, issue that the city has, and then and then certainly the dwindling candidate poll that, uh, that's being seen nationally are, are two of the biggest drivers right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a council person, I agree. I mean, I think from my perspective, the toughest part is, the revenue side, right? Because if we could fix that, then we could just pay more. And if you pay more, you can get good candidates, right? That's how that generally works in an economy, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But um, right now we have a revenue problem, in the sense that our revenue tends not to keep up with our expenses, and then we find ourselves in a hole. And now we've got the situation we're in right now. We find ourselves where. We, if you compare the number of officers we have compared to other cities of our size, um, we have considerably less officers than other cities of our size. Um, And the revenue, if you look at the projections, is just not consistently keeping pace, right? Absolutely. What what do you think? I mean, like, we're here to have a conversation, like, what do we do? How do we do this?
1: Uh, so you and I both need to develop a magic wand and fix this all overnight. Uh, I, I wish that was the, I wish that was the easy answer. Right. Right. I, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of ways to address this. Um, certainly I agree with you that there has to be a, a priority on increasing the city's revenues. Uh, and that's, that's accomplished by many different ways, right? Uh, we need to, we need to be a city that that welcomes new businesses, welcomes industries. Uh, unfortunately, we have a track record of losing uh, good-paying jobs, uh, good-paying uh, industry um, to our surrounding communities. You know, Turlock, Riverbank, Manteca—they all have have been able to land um, businesses and industry that at one point was looking at Modesto, and we weren't able to land that over the years. So we need to address that. Uh, in addition to that, uh, from a police perspective, uh, there needs to be a, a honest, a honest look at what police officers are expected to do, uh, and what police officers respond to, uh, historically over the years, it has been, um, the, the natural response has been, if someone else can't figure out the problem, send the police because the police will find the problem or will, will find yeah, exactly. to the problem. Police solve everything. Yes. Everything. everything. Yes.
0: So uh, there's a cat I, in my tree Call the police.
1: Exactly. So I think that there is a uh, I think that there's a, a opportunity for us to examine what what's expected of officers, uh, the type of calls that they go to, which would reduce their workload, uh, which is a significant issue with this. We just talked about staffing. Uh, yeah. the, the calls for service have increased. Uh, staffing has dramatically decreased uh in the and so more is being expected out of the officers every single day uh and so if we look at
0: what i wanted to ask you though is like so we look at this right and we've got so we've got a static number of officers right we've got like we're budgeted for what 210 is that right yeah yeah yeah. 210 is what we're budgeted right now which we don't have 210 right we've got like 200 or something no i, I wish no, we're, i think we're about 190 currently. yeah so we're not even at 210 right we're budget yeah. we have the money for 210 but like you said we can't even get that okay so there's another okay we can talk about that later but <laughs> but the other thing is that i'm looking at our budgets and you know in 2019 we budgeted 65 million to mpd in 2021 we budgeted 68 in 2022, and then we actually ended up spending because of the pandemic 58. So like $7 million drop in your funding year to year because of the pandemic. I don't know how you guys kept the ship together. Good job, by the way, oh, thank you. Thank you, for thank you. The, I know you guys made sacrifices, thank you for that. And then this year, 72 million. So like from just 1920 to 2021, our budget went up $7 million and we didn't even get any more officers out of that. Talk to how
1: does yeah. that work? talk to we that. we got fewer officers out of that. Right,
0: right. So what how do we fix this? What do we do? Why so
1: so yeah. So in addition to all that stuff, right, where we look at what the call what officers look uh officers go to, we look at increasing our revenue. There has to be you know, maybe uh, some additional talk about other ways of increasing revenue as well. Uh and uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of, of additional taxes um, from a personal point of view, uh, but uh, you know, there, has to be a, there has to be some type of revenue increase. And if we don't have some serious way to increase revenue, uh, I am very, very concerned about what the future holds for our officers. And if we don't have a strong police department, we don't have a city where people feel safe. If we don't have a city where people feel safe. Businesses aren't going to come here. That's not going to help our revenue, uh, our, our tax revenue from that standpoint. There's a lot of benefits to having a, uh, a well-trained, well-funded police department where people feel safe to come and, and enjoy Modesto. I think that's what we all want.
0: No, but I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I mean, there's a lot of like rhetoric and talk and like, you know, you and I have talked before and like, we have a few differences of opinions on stuff. But I bet you, like, if you went down the line, we'd agree on nine out of ten things, right? Like, there's just a few details, like, that we, you know, both want slightly different things. But that's okay. That's a healthy. That's to me, that's a healthy thing, right?
1: Oh, so, I absolutely agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all do want a healthy, safe community, and you need to have enough officers to handle your problems to do that. But Desta doesn't right now. We all agree on that. It's it's pretty frustrating. It really is. Uh, so, again, we're we're on here on the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Chris Ricky. I'm here with my uh, my guest, Daniel Starr, from the Modesto Police Officers Association. My co-host, Jim Applegate, can't be here today, but he's going to come back with us soon. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. After the break, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of these some of these reforms that are being um, being talked about. The forward Together Initiative. All right, here on the Better Modesto show, here on Power Talk 1360 AM, KFIV, and on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to the Better Modesto show here on Power Talk 1360 AM, KFIV, and in your pocket anytime on the iHeartRadio app. I'm your host, Chris Rickey. I'm also a city council person here for District 3. My co host is Jim Applegate. Well, I'm missing. I haven't seen Jim in a while. He texted me the other day. It's good to hear from you, man. If you're listening, he probably isn't. He's on sabbatical, so he gets to take a break. He's taking a little break from life right now. But uh, I'm here with my guest, Daniel Starr from the Modesto Police Officers Association. Welcome back, Daniel. Hanging in there? Yes, sir. All All right. Thanks for
1: having me. Right on, man.
0: Right on. So <laughs> Lots of talk over the last year nationally. We've talked, we've kind of talked a little bit about that already, but like a lot of you know, stirrings and rumblings in the public about um, uh, ideas to make policing better, to improve community relations with policing, all that kind of stuff. And City of Modesto recently started uh, what I think is going to be a really positive conversation um, the Forward Together process. It's going to be really neat, and I think there's a lot of uh, misunderstandings about what that's going to be I mean the forward together process is basically just a conversation and it includes law enforcement includes the DA it includes the sheriff it includes it includes the MPOA does and lots of community groups you know from from Pride to NAACP on down the line Latino community roundtable a whole bunch of other humans it's a really cool thing you know Some of the things I've been talking about, though, I just wanted to ask you about just so people can hear, you know, how police officers feel about some of this stuff. because I think it's really important. And so some of the things people have been talking about is like a civilian review board.
1: What do you, what do you think about, about that? What is that? What does that mean to you? Well, that's a, that's a very broad term because everyone out there has, or, or those agencies out there that have a civilian review board, they all look different. There is no standard, uh, answer or direction of a civilian review board. And so when police officers hear uh, the term civilian review board, first of all, they're human, right? And so most humans dislike change and don't dislike change that they, uh, that is being forced upon them or is being perceived as being forced upon them. So, so naturally they dislike it because of, because it's change. Uh, secondly, there is no standard for what a civilian review board is, what their power and authority is, uh, what they can or can't do, and uh, if you Google it uh, or, or search it on, on the interweb, you'll find plenty of stories of, uh, of where police officers, or at least in police officers' points of view, uh, they will have overstepped their bounds or made inappropriate uh, disciplinary decisions. I'm sure that there are probably uh, similar uh, stories out there of where they have worked properly, uh, but we don't typically hear about those. And so um, there is some concern, uh, not some, uh, let me correct myself. There's a significant amount of concern at the Modesto Police Department among the uh, MPOA members, the police officers, about what this looks like and how it affects them.
0: And I think that's what's so great is that I hope that you are talking to the officers and then. When you go to that forward together thing, you can project those concerns, you know. But I think, I think I personally, you know, have a few concerns about it myself. Like, I want to hear exactly what you're talking about. Like, what's the, what does a successful one look like? And if there is one, let's talk about how that will work and could we apply those things to Modesto? Unfortunately for me, I haven't heard of what that successful one is yet. So that to me is an issue. Okay, and I think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind
1: of what you're hearing too, right? A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I too. I want to see the successful ones. I want to. If we find a successful one, I want to go do a site visit and figure out what they have done that has made them successful. But we look at agencies that have them. We look at Chicago. Does anyone in Modesto wish that we had Chicago crime rates? No. We look at Oakland. Does anyone in Modesto wish that we had Oakland crime rates? Absolutely not. Portland, right? Seattle. This goes on and on and on. Obviously, those are larger population cities, but that is what we're finding across the board. No matter what the population is, is that they aren't working as designed. Right. And then, and then further, I, I would say that you know one of the one of the major concerns uh, or, or points that officers are making is that they feel as though we don't have many of these or any of these corruption issues um, that some of these larger agencies are, have, uh, that warrants, uh, a civilian review board. And so they, there was some, some uneasiness around it because of that. Yeah. I think like in the end though, it's kind of like, to me anyway, and I don't know what's going to happen. Like that's actually, you probably have more
0: control over that than I do because you're actually on that committee. But, you know, the reality is, is that, It's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like the body cam thing. I think we can work something out. But in the end, from my perspective, body cams protect police officers. Because when that person, you know, accuses you of doing X, Y, and Z, that body cam doesn't lie. When you didn't do it, it's like, that didn't happen. Absolutely. And you're protected.
1: And that's, yeah, I I hate, I hate doing anything in, in uniform without having my, my body cam with me. So I absolutely agree with that. And I don't disagree that there are there probably is a successful model out there, Uh, you know, and also say that I've been I've been quoted uh, in uh, a local paper as saying that uh, the union is completely against this. No, I'm completely 100 percent against doing it wrong. Uh, I am completely open to doing it right. Um, But I'm not just going to dive in and and say, oh, yeah, let's do it. And so there is some resistance to ensure that we do this right and ensure that this is a model that not only the POA can live with, uh, but the citizens can live with that doesn't drive officers away or make us an agency where people don't want to work. Uh, if we have a recruiting and, and a retention issue, which we do, both of those, but but then we get a civilian review board that is rumored to be heavy handed, that is rumored to be uh unfriendly to the officer that is not going to help either one of those situations and so we have to balance it so that it protects the department protects the employees and protects the the city and that's what i'm interested in i'm not interested in doing this just because it's the popular thing to do across the nation well good luck with that dan
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes my head hurts already Another suggestion we keep hearing about is, um, we should have an independent police officer, uh, police, sorry, let me try that again. Another suggestion we get is, we should have an independent police auditor. Um,
1: Do you think that would be helpful? Well, to me, it goes back to um, some of the similar conversations we just had about the Civilian Review Board. And that is, show me an agency where a auditor uh, has proven to be beneficial. Uh, and where it's not just a money grab. Um, we already have a budget issue, right? And so where's the money going to come from? You know, as the as the MPOA president, my first question is, where's the money going to come from to pay for an independent auditor? They're not free. They charge money. They do it for a living. So it costs money. Uh, they're typically attorneys. We all know attorneys get paid well, as they should. Where does this money come from? I'm going to guess that it comes from the police department budget. Which we've already discussed we have an issue with so does that mean we have even fewer police officers at what point does this end this this is a a significant issue uh, for me and for the membership Uh, and then again i go back to show me show me an agency where an auditor has been successful uh, and they have been the reason that that agency has been successful i believe that uh, we have a pretty darn good police department We do a pretty darn good job of being transparent. And there is nothing that the chief of police could tell an auditor that he couldn't tell the public. And so the the argument point that um, it's a transparency uh, component because the chief will be able to share more information with the auditor is not factual because there are laws around uh, uh, employee rights, police officer rights. And there's just some things that can't be sh- uh, shared with anyone, including an auditor. Uh, so the idea that having an auditor automatically makes us more, more transparent is not necessary necessarily factual. I think
0: you ask a really good question and a very reasonable question, which is show me an uh, auditor system that's effective. And like this is a similar problem we're having at the city proper right now, right? Where we are supposed to have an auditor and we don't. Um, and it's been several years since we've had an auditor, but the auditor's job is to help improve operations, right? Like, and so I think I want some clarity in seeing like, show me what a successful police auditor looks like. And like, Oh, by the way, maybe we should have like, maybe we should have a city of Modesto auditor. Too. I don't know. This is, this is like, really crazy ideas here. But because like yeah, we're like okay, the police should have an honor, but we don't need one. We're good. <laughs> we're all right over
1: here. We anyway.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break here on the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host Chris Ricky here on Power Talk 1360 AM KFIV and on the iHeart Radio app. My co-host Jim Applegate. Where are you at, Jim? uh and i'm here with my guest daniel Starr. well after the break we're going to talk a little bit about a thing called cahoots here on 1360 am k5 welcome back to the better modesto show here on power talk 1360 am kfiv i'm your host chris rickey i'm also a city council person representing the best district in modesto in my opinion district three uh, my co-host is Jim Applegate, who's on sabbatical currently. He'll be back with us soon. But my guest today, welcome back, Daniel Starr, Modesto Police Officers Association. How's this going? Going good. All right. Going good. Right. Happy to be here. All right. Uh, man, so we've talked about a lot um, so far, but I want to talk a little bit about a cahoots program. If you don't know what a cahoots program is, um, there's a, a basically a program up in Oregon. Um, and it's a essentially a program where you've got outreach workers that help people with mental illness and homeless people. Um, and it really, what, the, what it does is essentially take a lot of the burden for those kind of calls off the police department and puts it into a different department that's frankly, specifically designed to deal with those issues. Um, and we've had a lot of activists, uh, the chief of police here Modesto uh, Modesto B. Council people, including myself, talking about how we should have a human style program here in Modesto. But I think uh, it's important to kind of hear, like, what do the what do the Modesto police officers think about
1: something like that? Oh, we absolutely agree. As long as it as long as it's done right, um, there are many calls. Again, we, we talked about it a few minutes ago. There are many calls that uh, that generate because people, other people, other departments, other government agencies can't figure out a solution to it. And so what do you do when you can't find a solution? You call the police. And so over the years, a lot of things that shouldn't be police issues uh, have become police issues, uh, including mental illness. Uh, There is certainly a time for law enforcement to step in uh, for mental illness calls. Someone's acting violent, someone has a weapon. Those are things that law enforcement should go to, do their best to de-escalate and then hand the mental illness component over to those people who are trained to deal with it. Uh, As far as a cahoots style program, I 100% as the MPUA president support that. Those are less calls that our officers should be going to. Our officers don't want to go to those calls anyhow. Uh, And they are calls that are going to reduce the likelihood of officers having to use force when they don't want to, officers having to uh, shoot someone uh, when they don't want to, uh, and so there's many, many benefits to this uh, style of program. So uh, I absolutely support uh, this style of program as long as, again, as long as it's done properly. I think we have, a in Modesto, we have a long history of, of doing things outside the box and, 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 and trying to do things right. We've done some things. Because we have ago. to, because we have no money. Right. We, we'll <laughs> get one shot at it. Right. Uh, there's been plenty of things we've done wrong as well, uh, right. and, and maybe that's some uh, some industry and business uh, recruitment uh, type stuff and some other things. But you know, in all seriousness, Modesto has a history. Modesto Police Police Department specifically has a proud history of doing things uh, that are not normal uh, to accomplish mission because we don't have the money that some of these Bay Area agencies have or some of these larger departments have. And so, if this is one way that uh, that we can if this is a program that we can institute in our department that helps us accomplish uh, our goals, uh, reduces the calls that officers go to so that they can do what they're supposed to do, enforce the law to make Modesto safer, again, everyone in Modesto wins. It's a win-win all the way around.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, the reason, like, I've heard a lot of pushback from activists on this, like, why are you saying CAHOOTS style? Why are you saying CAHOOTS style? Well, we can't, like, duplicate CAHOOTS exactly because the CAHOOTS is actually a situation where they contract out that service to a specific nonprofit that was specifically designed for this purpose. Modesto doesn't have a nonprofit like that. So we can't just like snap our fingers and duplicate it. So like, I don't want people to think that when we say CAHOOTS style, it's some kind of cop out, because it's not, It's, it's just a fact. We don't have their organization that can do this work. We have to build it from the ground up and the way that we're kind of doing it thus far has been through the police department, which I'm fine with. It, to me, it doesn't matter you know, where the, where the help is coming from, as long as we have the help and that the spirit is right, which is we are here to help people. And, and I think that's a big difference between the mentality of what you know a police officer is getting a call expecting um, to have to enforce the law versus a outreach worker that's responding to a homeless incident is there just saying like, okay, how can we try to help you find a home? How can we get get you uh, maybe drug treatment? Let's talk about your alcoholism, you know, like all the things that frankly, I I mean, I don't even know how you'd begin to start dealing with that,
1: but, but you're asked to do that every day. We're asked to do that every day. And then on top of that, our officers are asked to deal with that right, you just named off several things that would help many of these individuals long-term. Those all take time, right? But on top of that, because again, we talked about our staffing reduction. I I tell anyone that will listen, and I'm not just saying this, I'm I'm being honest about this. We have a a staffing crisis at the Modesto Police Department. So we have a staffing crisis on top of trying to uh, be as effective in time with dealing with the things that we can uh, while we still have additional calls for service coming in and stacking up on the board, and then we we deal with this person who has the, these mental health issues, and then we go to the next call, and the person was a victim of a crime, and they're they're very upset that it took us hours upon hours to get there. It's just a no win situation. So um, you know, as far as the cahoots style, I think you covered it very well. But uh, I would say also that uh, we want to take the best parts of. The cahoots program in in oregon bring them here and then figure out ways to make it even better um, to work effectively in, in modesto in addition to that i think it would be fair uh, for your listeners to know that the police department has has already started a program like this we have four civilian outreach workers that uh that specifically go around uh, and are are trying to help uh, mitigate some of these calls for service and help these uh, individuals uh, in in and around Modesto that have mental health issues and help them long term to help reduce those calls for service. Uh, the program uh, the program has been around for a little bit, but it's still very much in its infancy, and uh, and again, it, it's a budgetary issue. Right, we we have to come up with the money to pay for these employees uh, somewhere, and so everything, unfortunately, not everything, but many things, come back to a, a budgetary uh, line item and and a lack of additional line items uh, for the police department right well that's my problem right that's that's yeah. that, that's like my you, part where that's where i'm supposed to come it? in right can
0: you fix it please i'm <laughs> <laughs> working on it <laughs> I, I appreciate it <laughs> we'll try we'll try um and but you know that's the problem like there is a. I i mean what's i don't want to dance around the issue I and mean, the problem is there's a finite amount of money and we've got way more that we need to do with this you know, with this finite amount of money than just run a police department. Right. And we don't want to be a police department, a city that just funds our police department, but doesn't put any money into our parks or doesn't take care of our trees or doesn't do all this other stuff, you know, and, and frankly, in my opinion, um, you know, 10 years ago, that's what we started doing and we were paying for it in a lot of ways. Um, we need to find a way to do both. have got to be able to do both. And we're, and like hats off to like, you know, the chief and to and the city manager for like working so hard to like try to balance it as best they can, you know. But really we're asking the possible, you know, and so we have to start working together and finding some solutions to increase revenues so that we can get the service that we need, you know, and So there, there are solutions out there. We'll just, we'll set just to figure it out. But I can, I kind of think that you know, quickly dovetails into my next question, which is, you know, right now, you guys go from call to call to call to call to call. How do you think we as a city reach that kind of Holy Grail of like the cop walking down, you know, a beat the neighborhood, you know, and actually knows the neighbors and has time to actually invest like in the community and make it a better, safer place every day. How do we get to that?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a tough, Question. In many ways, it's a simplistic question, uh, or the answer is simplistic, but to get there uh, is tough. Um, One of the ways that we get there, again, it's kind of a a culmination of everything we we have spoken about, right? We have to increase our staffing uh, so that we have the officers uh, out in the neighborhoods to get to know the citizens of Modesto. We want those relationships, we just don't have the time. To develop them because we have 20, 30, 40 calls holding on a very regular basis. And we want to provide the best service possible. So we're going to the next call as quickly as possible. So we need more staff. Uh, We need to reduce the types of calls that we go to. We need to use technology for our benefit to uh, try to mitigate and reduce those types of calls for service that an actual physical officer needs to go to. We need to use the our professional staff, our community service officers, our cadets, uh, to the best ability that we have. Uh, and then we need to find additional revenue to try and support all this somehow. Uh, so that's- Well, oh, you just solved it. That's yeah, that's, awesome. that's, that's excellent. Well result, right? done. Right.
0: And in less than two minutes. Wow. Yeah. I wish I could give out prizes. I wish I had a prize for that one because that was perfect. But anyway. Here you are. Here we are back at Better Modesto here on Power Talk 1360 AM. I'm your host, Chris Rickey here, and you can also tune in to us on the iHarp Radio app. My, uh, my co-host, Jim Applegate, not here today. Can't wait to have him back, though. And I'm here with my guest, Daniel Starr of the Modesto Police Officers Association. When we come back, I'm going to give Daniel a orb of power. And in this power, he's going to be able to eliminate one challenge Modesto police officers have here in Modesto, right here on the Better Modesto Show, Power Talk 1360. Welcome back to the Better Modesto Show here on Power Talk 1360, AMKFIV, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm your host, Chris Rickey. I'm also the city council person for Modesto's District 3. My co-host is jim applegate and my guest today is daniel star monesto police officers association all right man we're almost through this we're almost through this oh all right let's, do it. let's, finish <laughs> let's strong. do it all right we're finishing strong here so here's 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 what here's my one of my final questions i got more i got lots of but one of my final questions is that i'm gonna i'm gonna hand you a a staff of power man and this staff of power is going to eliminate one challenge the Modesto police officers have, and it will reduce crime by five percent or more. So, what what will you do now that I've, I've I've given you the staff of power? What are you going to do to to do this to reduce crime by five percent?
1: Only one yeah, thing, so, though. So it's going to benefit officers and reduce crimes. Yeah. Um, so the number one thing with this magical staff that you just gave me is we're going to hire a ton more police officers. Uh, Our officers are burnt out. I cannot, and I'm not just saying it. Our officers are worked to the bone. They are burned out. They need help. We have a significant uh, staffing crisis in Modesto. And the number one thing we could do to fix that is to hire more staff. We're down 200, I'm sorry, we're down 120 officers. Since I started 17 years ago, our population has gone up. In 2016, we were ranked as the third most violent city in California per capita. Uh, These are these are real numbers. Um, Our cops need help; they are burnout. Uh, And if we had more cops, uh, I'm confident that our crime would be reduced as well.
0: Well, I don't think there's any doubt of that. Uh, I mean, it sounds like what you really needed was a magical money machine, right? We need like, you know what? I just figured I got the answer. We just should go to Vegas and put it all black. oh no no road trip road trip no (laughs) i can't do that That's not gonna work darn it it's not a good financial choice um but we'll get there like in all seriousness i mean what the things you talked about um doing a better job of of attracting new industries um doing a better job of economic um, development i think it's important and the thing is the world is changing you know dramatically right now um we are seeing things like remote work are developing really, really quickly. And so you can you can work wherever you want now. you know and so we need to develop Modesto to a place that people want to not only live but hang out work when they can work pretty much anywhere. It's an all new thing. it's, a, it's, it's very very it's, it's a huge opportunity that we can take advantage of. Um, and the other thing is like I'm seeing some really good like, burgeoning ideas in our community like um i don't know if you heard about the bay valley tech program that's going on we're training our students and when i say students i'm talking about you know people that are graduating from high school um we're teaching them coding and we're having companies trying to move to Modesto to take advantage of our local um, students that we're teaching how to code and Opening up, you know, opening up new locations here. So I think that's like a real opportunity for us. But we do need to address what you're talking about. We do. We, if you look at cities of our size, we do not have a comparable um, size police department. It's true. There's no, you can't even.
1: There's no doubt about
0: that. But it's a huge problem across the board. It's not just our police department. Our planning department has a third of the the staff that a city of our size has. Our, you could go department to department. Every, pro- every department has the same problem. And it is absolutely, it's, it's epidemic. Um, and I'm not gonna solve it today. And I, I mean, unless you let me borrow your orb of power and then maybe- I thought we solved it already, oh. didn't we solve it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we did. Um, but let me ask you this. So we talked about how hard it is to do what we can do, but how can the council work with the MPOA modeststa police officers um, to improve your work and your outcomes what can like I'm a councilperson how can I help
1: so I think that uh, there needs to be a, a level of reality um, uh, to be to be 100% honest uh, we cannot promise the world to citizens we want we all want to be able to deliver the world to them but we do not have the staff or the resources to deliver on many of our promises. And when we when we uh, make promises that we can't deliver upon, uh, then we end up trying to do whatever we can to, become, to get as close as we can uh, to delivering and we end up cutting corners uh, in other areas. So, so the biggest thing would be uh, we need to be realistic with our expectation uh, of officers. We need to be realistic with their expectations of the expectations of the police department and what we promise to citizens and then I would challenge each council member uh, to uh, go on a ride along and see what police officers do on a daily basis. Uh, and I think that some eyes would be opened. Uh, I know, I know the council supports us. Uh, I get to see that on a regular basis, but my members members of the Modesto Police Officers Association they don't necessarily get to see that on a daily basis. So I think that it would be good to develop those relationships and to show. That, uh, that the council uh, does in fact care and is, is working tirelessly to try and improve the situation uh, that they know exists. I think, uh, I think all of that would be really beneficial. That's real, it's real, I appreciate that. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, how, what the council could do, but what can citizens do to make Modesto safer? Man, I wish uh, in, in many ways, I wish we could go back to like the 1940s and the 1950s when people were uh, nice And respected each other. So the first thing that we could do is start treating people with a level of respect, uh, including ourselves. Uh, That would really help, right? Uh, That would that would decrease the need for law enforcement. So you mean Uh, just like basic kindness? Basic kindness, yeah. It's a it's a real thing. I know this is a thing. Yeah, I know that we've forgotten about that as a society. But uh, I think that uh, I mean that's kind of a a touchy-feely, everything feels great answer, right? But uh, there's there's some. No, I'll give you an
0: example. I'll give you an example. Like um, I got
1: I got like a flurry of
0: complaints from people in my district about basketball nets, and it wasn't that they were complaining about basketball nets. They were complaining about the letters that they got from the city saying their basketball net was was blocking the sidewalk. But it was a picture of a police officer writing a ticket saying move your basketball net or we're coming for you you know bad boys what you gonna do what you gonna do if you don't <laughs> move your basketball net yeah so like they're like i'm not a criminal i just had my basketball net on the sidewalk you know and and so i talked to the city and i'm like guys we don't need to threaten people just say look could you move your basketball net so that people that are handicapped that are trying to roll down the sidewalk can can roll down the sidewalk, and and just like any other normal person, and when you appeal to people's kindness like that, and and ask for consideration, you get
1: it. You don't have to threaten people, right? Yeah. Like you get the absolutely. same result. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, in addition to that, uh, we we talk oftentimes about the the silent uh, majority. Um, if those people would uh, would be willing to speak up uh, and show their support uh, for law enforcement, that'd go a long way. So uh, waving to the officers, telling them how much you appreciate what they do, uh, and then being willing to take the time to tell council members who are willing to, uh, to have those conversations uh, what your police department means to you. Uh, that would that is those are some of the things that the citizens can do. Uh, to help us. Show us, show officers the support, because right now we all can turn on the TV and we can see how officers are getting uh, verbally beat up uh, in every show, uh, every new show out there on a daily basis across the nation. And it affects officers. It, uh, it, it isn't a great time to be a police officer in this nation right now, unfortunately. However, I still believe this is a very, very noble job so, uh, the, the little waves, the, the thank yous, the, the going up and telling officers how you appreciate them, that means something to them. Whether you believe it or not, uh, they are always open to hearing that and uh, it means something to them.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, let's, our whole country is facing kind of a reckoning right now and it's going through dramatic change. I mean, if you look at the demographics of Modesto, like we're going from a A majority white city into a majority hispanic city and it's going to happen over the course of the next 10 or 15 years and it's just going to be different and anytime you change something that quickly there's going to be some rub, you know and like that's what i think that's partially what we're experiencing right now it's just a city that's changing faster than it's ready to change you know and so we'll look we're all aware that stuff's going on and we just need to work together to like know make it better so conversations like this man are like how we're gonna make it better we're gonna like share ideas we're gonna try to find solutions together and that's why i'm really i'm just i'm very thankful and i appreciate a lot that you took the time today to talk to me so thank you very much
1: absolutely thanks for having me on appreciate it
0: well that's all the time we got here today on the better modesto show here on kfiv 1360 am power talk or on what app? What app, Dan? Did you hear what app it was? Uh, I Heart Radio. I iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio app. Yeah. Um, my co-host is Jim Applegate. It's been, it's been really nice being here, here with you here on a Saturday morning. We'll see you next week here on the, on, uh, the Better Vanessa Show here on KFI. Thanks a lot. See ya.